0: Do you hate birds? Well, then get ready for your favorite episode ever! Music! (laughs) The music thing never gets old. I find it funny every time. I know. I wait for it. I'm like,
1: are we going to do it again? Yes.
0: Everybody, welcome to the New World Podcast. We watch every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the episode. With me, as always, is Mark. Oh yes, he's he's silently. Uh, oh, I forgot. He took a vow of silence. He took until... a vow of silence for this episode. So, I mean, that's fine. A lot it's, of work it, on us. it's a lot of work on us. It does seem like that's an odd choice for a podcast, but don't let's not worry. What's going to work? <laughs> I'll step uh, in for him. Hello,
1: it's me, Mark. He sounds a lot like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> uh,
0: and Erica is well filling in for herself and Mark.
1: Hi, I'm here. This is me, Erica. And uh, cheerio, it's me, Mark.
0: <laughs> and I am super excited to talk about uh, tonight. Uh, this The movie for this episode. Oh, I was going to say tonight's movie, but oh. I don't know where you're listening to this episode. So why don't you just sit back and relax while we talk about the wholesome southern tale huh. of 1974's Gambling Man. No, wait, I'm sorry. No, that's wrong. I wish. Uh, I, I meant, wish
1: that's what we had watched. I
0: mean, 1974's Born to Kill. Mmm, I wish.
2: Coming right at you. Warren Oaks. Born to Kill hustler's world it's pay or
1: die oh wow hey listen listen, this i'm sorry you know i I didn't bring no cash for me i was so sure i was gonna win and everything but listen i got some money at home i got a lot of i'm gonna bring it back as soon as i get home he's a redneck rebel
2: with a taste for hot women and fast comes. born to be white the law can't touch him at all
1: Hands
2: over your head. Anybody who moves gets a head blast. Born to kill. Ah! Ah! Two high stakes Ah! gamblers out to con every fat cat in the South. The macho movie that ricochets off the screen with a double barrel
0: action blast. Warren Oates is born to kill. Bring it on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not right either. That's Mm -mm. also not the right title. I am sorry. I mean, 1974's cockfighter what you are about to see is illegal in 47 states
2: chicken. i'll take 25 to 30 i'll take it you're on i take 25 to 30 you want to know something boy i am the finest trainer and conditioner in the whole world
1: all right let's go
2: cockfighting the dirtiest sport in the world get ready Be it. now what's your face no pity no love nothing
1: Oh, wow. Hey, listen, Mr. Mansfield, I'm sorry. You know, I, I didn't bring no cash with me. I was so sure I was gonna win and everything, but listen, I got some money at home. I got a lot of it. I'm gonna bring it back as soon as I get home. Go <laughs> on!
2: Frank Mansfield, professional with a passion for violence.
1: Oh. Married, children.
2: The drive. The drive in it is to be the best. I like to call it sharpness. Not since the hustler has the violent underbelly of the gambling world been so nakedly exposed. What kind of a man risks everything in America's most controversial bloodsport? The kind who will do anything to win. It's the desire to win.
1: I think that bird has more of a heart than you ever will have.
2: Anything that can fight to the death and not utter sound, well, winning is the name of the game.
0: War on O's. Cockfighter. Rated R. Yes, that's right. Cockfighter, the movie that went so well, they renamed it and re-released it several times over <laughs> in an attempt to make their money back. All 400 or 450,000 of it. Um, uh. And I don't know if they ever did. It's written by uh, Charles Williford. is based on his book of the same title. He also wrote the book for Miami Blues, by the way. Oh, great. That. It's a
1: book, too. So I yeah. can hate that can,
0: as well. You can, you can read the book. Neat. Read the book. If you've. If this movie wasn't enough, you can read the book. Uh, he wrote the book for Miami Blues, which was also turned into a movie with Alec Baldwin way back when, oh. if you remember that movie. Um, he also is in this movie. He plays the referee with the cool mustache who also oh, sells him the white yeah. chicken yeah. as
1: well. Not a chicken; it's a rooster. It's a rooster. Okay. I don't know.
0: So, all right. Well, point of order: there's no chickens. Uh,
1: No chicken. No chickens were harmed in this movie, (laughs) but a shit ton of roosters were harmed, (laughs) super harmed. (laughs) And it is directed
0: by Monty Hellman, is the director of this movie, who also co-edited it. Who also has the
1: best name ever, Monty Hellman. Yes. Like if something happens to me, guys, and I get amnesia, when you're like retraining me about who I am, just tell me I'm Monty Hellman. (laughs) And I've had a very successful career until cockfighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, where you can watch
0: this, it is uh, on Prime, but it is in 4.3 and it looks awful. Mm-hmm. So we actually watched it on Shout TV, where mm-hmm. it looks a lot better, and it's in the uh, up, it's and it's in its appropriate. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Aspect ratio. Aspect ratio. Thank you. Oh my God, he spoke. <laughs> Oh, That's no. What he he broke it. Yeah. That's what he, he was waiting for. He was waiting for you to lose your words right, so he, he could just The word of in. the episode is aspect ratio. <laughs> I knew he couldn't let me not say aspect ratio. He was going to have to break his vow of silence. Um, so you can watch it. If you want to. don't want to have things spoiled by us talking about Cockfighter, uh, go watch it. Come back. Uh, otherwise, yes, we're going to talk about this movie in full. But we should warn you before you go watch it, If you are not cool with watching actual animals fight each other and actually die on film, this is maybe not the movie for you.
1: Which, for the record, I am not. And (laughs) I was fully unprepared to witness
0: this. I don't think any of us were totally prepared for what Cockfighter really is. Yeah, And so that leads me to uh, asking Mark, who chose this movie, why Cockfighter? Uh honestly I thought the poster looked pretty cool. Oh, and God. it had I feel you. It, had, it does. It had, cool. it feel that. It it does does had a cool. pretty awesome cast. And yes. I was like in early seventies. I thought all of this is coming together nicely until I watched the movie, and you know I learned a lot from this movie. And you know when you learn something and then you wish you hadn't learned it—that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this movie in a nutshell yeah. for me. Yes. Yeah, I learned a lot about the intricacies of cockfighting. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, cockfighting's illegal in all fifty states. Yep. So, mm-hmm. uh, at, with good reason. At, and at the time, it was illegal in forty-eight. Right. Right. And so they took advantage of it by shooting in both the two states that it was legal in.
1: What were the two states that it was legal in? Georgia
0: and Arizona. Oh, of course. (laughs) course. I should have just blind guessed that. (laughs) Of course, Arizona. But before we go any further, it's time to talk about what this movie is about. So let's go around and find out what's this movie about. We're going to start with you, Mark, because this is your choice. What's Cockfighter about? If you take a vow of silence, you can pretty much get away with being a total asshole to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so true. That is so true. It's so
1: true. Erica, what is this movie about? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. And it's about cockfighting and it's the worst.
0: (laughs) Now, I, I thought this movie was the, I thought this was the age old story of a man trying to win his lady back. By winning some dumbass competition she couldn't give a shit about because he lost it because he was a drunken asshole years ago. <laughs> Just that age old story. Yeah. Charming. You're not wrong, except for the age old story part. The really? rest of it, you're spot on. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of spot on, Letterboxd, uh, where we are also there, you can find New World Podcast on Wee! Letterboxd. Um, they, we normally try to read their synopsises, and actually this one is really good. Sometimes their oh, synopsises are a uh, little, I don't know. This one succinct and appropriate. And that is a man who trains fighting cocks vows to. Rem-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Done. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. let's move on. That's where you yeah. put the ellipses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's rent it. Um, a man who trains fighting cocks vows to remain silent until one of his birds wins a championship. Not incorrect. Yeah. That's that's pretty appropriate. Yes, but isn't it to actually win the Cockfighter of the Year award and get that medallion? Yeah. Yes, but yeah. he has to have the bird win that fight in order for him to win Cockfighter of the Year. Right, it's an but, odd award because it, he doesn't actually... He wins a medal that actually the bird wins. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. the bird, but the bird doesn't know it. So no, No. that's why he gets to keep it. That's (laughs) yeah. yeah. Otherwise, that rooster would come would fight him for it. Would be
1: furious.
0: Um, This is certainly a movie that uh, is not is not going to probably get an eventual remake. We can oh, say no, that no, for no, sure. No, no, no. Let's yeah. hope not. You are not going to remake Cockfighter. Cockfighter 2, son of cock.
1: <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> no, Revenge not, of you're... cock? No, no. no.
0: And this is, this is a really dirty movie. And not just because a bunch of roosters die, mm-hmm. which would qualify as being pretty dirty, but just it feels dirty. Yeah, and everything feels dirty. And yeah. again, Even the, the money. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of betting and a lot of exchanging of cash. That cash is the cash that you look at and go, this should have been shredded. Ew. It's yeah. the dirty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like dollars that you like. You don't care if you lose. Or no. you're like, yeah. just take this dollar. I don't give it. It's It's dirty and brown. You're like-
1: the the, the car wash soft. place is
0: the car wash place is never gonna take this dog. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I could wrap. I could like put this on the corner of the vending machine forever, but it's never gonna accept never gonna it. take. It's it. too yeah. soft. Never gonna take. Too soft. Too soft. soft. Not crisp. Soft money. Yeah.
0: I thought you also were talking about the version that's on Prime because that version again, which it looks like. That's the one I watched too. And, yes, and that's it. Looks it like looks you're terrible. watching it off of a a pretty lousy VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, not even not not even a good VHS because I think a good VHS is okay. This looks like a re. It looks really muddy and
1: doesn't it's look like great. your basement. It's your basement VHS. It's your basement yeah. v- VCR. You have the nice one upstairs. And then right. your parents are like, just put the crappy one in the basement for right. the kids. It's that one. That the one watching, that you have to push running.
0: the top down yeah. and put that little bit of duct tape over so Keep it doesn't hold, pop or up. Or put like
1: a heavy book on it. So yeah, it or put the heavy up. book on it. <laughs> yeah. It's that one. It's that one. It's, yeah. the, it's
0: the VCR where you're like, we just got to fix the tracking. And like you you futz with it for like
1: 20, <laughs> 20 minutes. You're like, "Look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And all it's your just friends, all your friends at the party, are like, "Are you putting in Cockfighter? What's up with this movie?" You are like, "I don't know. My dad thinks it's awesome. Him and my grandpa really like it." And it's my like, birthday. <laughs> everybody's like, "Dude, this nobody is my wants birthday pick. This. I picked Cockfighter." Like, dude, do you understand birds actually
0: die in this? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Less uh-huh. birds in the world. That's what I want. That's
1: my life goal. <laughs> you look over while they're watching and He's sobbing quietly, weeping. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday always oh, crying oh no happy oh, no. birthday to you don't you say that don't you say that
0: Jeez, sorry kyle um, so so let's talk quickly about our main character frank mansfield he's played by warren oates he is obsessed with cockfighting yes it's, yes it's it for Can him anyone tell me why No, I mean, his opening monologue, which is just him thinking in his head because he's taking a vow of silence, Sure, is that he he learned how to fly and he got bored of that. He learned how he got into guns, he got bored of that, but nothing captured his interest like cockfighting. And why? I I have no idea why. (laughs) I kept thinking we're going to find that moment when he went, I get a rush off this like mm-hmm. no other yeah. mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, I am the coolest person of all my friends because I'm into cockfighting. I don't know. He's broke. He he basically will sleep anywhere. Um, and yep. I'm not saying with people. I'm saying he will. He's one of those people that's like, oh, is that Kyle sleeping on our couch again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he lost his money cockfighting. I mean, he sells his house from under what, his sister Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make money for more cockfighting? His his brother and sister-in-law. Right. Uh, he, He leaves his girlfriend. He sells his girlfriend in a bet. More yeah. or less. I mean, he basically just says. He, I mean, she no, came with the trailer. Yes. <laughs> right. But this is a guy that has. He loves
1: cockfighting so much.
0: Yeah. He's, he's willing, like, to, give I'm up willing to give up everything for cockfighting.
1: Can I just take a side moment to say I don't really appreciate. I don't feel like the guy who ended up winning her oh. and the trailer realized what a great win he got. Oh, he I got, think he, he did. Oh, he no, no, I think he did. He yeah. got a trailer, but he also got a woman that is out of his league. No, oh no, well. he
0: totally knows because he married her. Yeah. He was like, "I'm locking this yeah. down." You're talking about Harry Dean Stanton, correct? Who right. sort of plays Frank's, I guess, his adversary yeah. in the movies, but also it's sort his, of it's his frenemy. Yes, yeah, you yes. Know? yes, and and I love so Harry Dean Stanton wins the trailer in a bet mm-hmm. in the, in the early part of the movie. Yeah, right, and she runs out complaining that no, but you can't leave me with him. He's like 40, mm-hmm. and I look at both. Harry Dean Stanton and who's William Warren Oates. Oates? Warren, Warren Oates. Oates. I'm going. Oh God! Sorry, you, William you, Oates. You I meant to say Warren Oates? I'm thinking. Sorry, Bill. I don't know who William Oates is. He's not an actor. He does not He's want to be associated guy. with He's this movie. He's just a guy. And I'm thinking, <laughs> is anyone under fifty offending you? Right. <laughs> Do you know how old Warren Oates was yeah. when he made this movie? Are you aware of how old he was? Right, he was around forty-five when he made this movie. Right. Yeah,
1: this feels like a real nine hundred two one zero situation where, like, he's not a young man. Is he playing a younger man? Sure, but he is not in real life young.
0: Correct. Correct. Neither uh, neither young nor in particularly great shape.
1: Yeah, he's.
0: <sighs> it's not that he's out of shape, but no. he's not like. He's just young. got
1: that weird, like, lanky bod. Yeah. He's like a lanky dad bod.
0: Yes, yes, but but it, 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 I guess. But he uh, looks good in those seventies like he does style pants. He does. He, has, he sells he has small it.
1: Small hips, yeah. and then he's tall, long so, I legs. Mean, yeah. I
0: mean, he's he's selling it. Yeah, I I just wouldn't say he's the most attractive person. Only nice
1: thing I'm gonna say about this movie is a worn he's, out has nice legs.
0: He's just a. <laughs> I think he's a dark dude, and women are attracted to this dark dude because he also has a fiance
1: mm. sort of. Yeah. Yeah. He's waiting. He's a for broken him guy ish. for sure, and if you're yeah. into like you know fixer uppers, then he's. And that's a lot
0: of people that are into that kind
1: of thing. He's right? a broken
0: yeah. guy who just sold, who just gave away his girlfriend uh, along with a trailer. He has a fiance that he hasn't seen in a year, and he's also taken a vow of silence. Hmm. I, I have to ask, how did you? How did this movie get? How did this movie get greenlit? When you think about it. From a how do you sell that to an audience? Here's the plot: We got a guy who doesn't talk basically through the whole movie, and he's really into cockfighting. What do you think? <laughs> can I can have I, your money. <laughs> I can tell. I can, I can tell you that the movie got funded because Roger Corman saw the book in an airport, bought the book rights without having read the book.
1: Wow, Raj. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he bought he did a general deal where he gave like 10 grand to Charles w- Williford to write the script as well. Hmm, wow. So he was like, I'm buying the rights. You're writing the script. And so like that, he was basically of the mind that like uh, he was like this. This movie sells itself It's hmm. called Cockfighter. It's going to it's going to go crazy. Uh, because he's he also had had a lot of success in this arena, um, right before Cockfighter is released, a month before New World releases Big Bad Mama. Mm-hmm. Big Bad Mama is essentially a switching of the like genders in terms of the kids with Bloody Mama, which is a movie he made before, which is one of his directorial movies. So. He had basically was like, I'll just remake Bloody Mama and I'll I'll change the boys to girls and make Big Bad Mama, which was a huge success. Right. But he was already making Cockfighter as well. So he already was ready to go with this. So he was just like, yeah, he he loved this kind of genre, which is eventually would sort of be called like exploitation would sort of be given that kind of title. (laughs) Right. But Um, Big Bad Mama had and and we will go into we're going to get into another one of these kinds of movies shortly oh, actually God. next month we're going to get it it's not going to involve cockfighting but oh, uh, uh but it will it's sort of the same sort of southern kind of exploitation film and that i think he just thought this thing was a slam dunk that's what he thought he thought this movie was going to destroy and it totally backfired on him so but that's why he this got greenlit is because he just thought cockfighter that's gonna that's gonna just everyone's going to come see this. This is going to be amazing. Well, I have to admit, when I watched it, I thought, well, this proves one thing that Roger Corman will make a movie out of any plot. Mm -hmm. But I didn't understand the backstory behind it. I will say, Big Bad Mama was significantly missing a lot of cockfights, which... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It lacked... In fact, it lacked... It has 0% (laughs) cockfighting in it. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, did they pick up some extra footage from this movie to drop it into Too Hot to Handle. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a cockfight in that movie, which comes yeah. four years later. Well, I mean, he shot a lot of cockfighting. Yes. So. so he apparently this movie bombs, and he is like, when they when he buys Too Hot to Handle, he's like, let's leave the cockfight in it. <laughs> I mean, it didn't work for me before, so why not leave it in now? Why not? Why not do it? Uh, this first act is like pretty bleak. Because as you're saying, we we meet Frank. He is basically betting literally the farm, almost everything he owns. Yep. He sells his house to buy a $500 rooster, which inevitably he doesn't pay $500. But that's a small thing when you're like, dude, you're selling your entire house just so you have money to get back in the cockfighting game because you've lost literally everything. Mm Right. Right right then we get into a long second act which is the majority of the rest of the movie where it's more into a southern good time which i can only say might be the case because of the music (laughs) yeah the music is feels like it's straight out of like a smoking the bandit sequel that they never made right, but right. Were, were like the re- songs that were, were submitted that they were like oh that was so just close. not nailing so it so close so close so close yeah. yeah but we need the top of the line shit for smoking the bandit three <laughs> yeah <laughs> we might save a couple of these songs for stroker ace yeah maybe bert will come back for smoking the bandit four who knows fingers crossed the come three on, works um, Smoking the Bandit 3, Jackie Gleason was supposed to play Smokey and the Bandit. And yeah, it was originally shot yeah. that way mm-hmm. and they showed it to test audiences and they hated it so much that they reshot like most of the movie <laughs> <laughs> to to bring the the Smokey back. Yeah. Where I, is the cut of Jackie uh, Gleason doing both uh, characters? No I would it's love no to see that. That you, movie is not good and I don't think it's any better with him playing both roles. But I, I'm wildly curious how that would have played. I haven't seen Smoking the the Bandit 3 in so long. And it's only because you and I went to go see that, see it because we had caught up with the other two. Yeah. And we're like, they're coming out with a third. We've got to go this see is gonna it. It's going to be amazing. And we went and saw it and we were so disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and so we were not the only ones. <laughs> Everyone who saw that movie it was, was like, disappointed. There were people that saw that movie that were like, you know what? Cannonball Run 2 was good. <laughs> <laughs> I right, take it back. Shame on me for ever saying a <laughs> negative thing about Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> so so we're talking about uh, Southern good times that are happening because we brought in his new partner, which is Omar. Barandowski, who's played by Richard B. Shull, who is great in this, oh, right? Like he's, he's a, awesome. I, I, yeah, I mean, not to jump to the end of the podcast, good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> Don't jump good, to the end, or good day, or good morning, whenever you're listening, <laughs> or good day, <laughs> yeah. right, Ed? He, he, <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to, to the down under crowd. <laughs> yeah. He's he is the highlight of this movie. Yeah, he, he's a joy to watch. Yeah, he's he's like a little bit of comic relief. Mm-hmm. Nobody's more into just the pageantry of cockfighting yes. than him.
1: <laughs> he's a re- he really you know celebrates what? the small <laughs> yeah. moments, the large moments. I was like, oh, that's the
0: thing. I don't really know why he's into it either. But at least, like in his intro, he's based. He basically says, like, I'm into cockfighting. He's basically <laughs> no. like, I dig. I'm all the way in. And look, I don't know why. I don't get why. I'll never get why. I watched this movie twice. I don't understand. I don't understand why. I think it's I don't get it. I don't understand the allure.
1: But sometimes you're just into stuff, and it's sure. not explainable. Like remember yeah. the squirrel nut zippers? I used to love the squirrel nut zippers. I don't know why. But it doesn't make any sense. But if somebody pops wow. in that album, I'm here for it. <laughs> so you know, sometimes you're just into oh, stuff. Oh, there's
0: this uh, there's that's, some, a, that's probably the most perfect analogy I've ever heard. <laughs> there's some at, at squirrel nut zippers going with this post. And this. We're gonna see if we can get back on their radar. I'm uh, there might be some people listening going, I like squirrel in a squirrel nut zippers t-shirt going, what the fuck? <laughs> or just Is being like, they're not cool? Finally, someone else. <laughs> I hope you feel seen. <laughs> um. All right. So he, he joins up and he yeah. basically offers him, he basically offers it him, it was a funny moment to me because he was like, I've got a have got, I'm just like, I'm flush with capital and I want to yeah. do this stuff. And he's like, hemming and hawing. Frank is like, I don't know. And I'm like, what do you do? Like this guy is saying like, I love cockfighting. I have a shit ton of cash. Let's be partners. I'm like, shake the man's hand and move on. There mm-hmm. has to be a slight like, uh, yeah sort of like getting him into it period which i'm like i don't understand why that was necessary but anyway he he comes on board and they start training they have like a a, uh, like there's three dudes and they're all just like training roosters for cockfighting and we start seeing a little bit of their fun times as they go through the like cockfighting circuit on their way to hopefully making it to winning the uh, cockfighter of the year Cockfighting is upsetting. And oh you yeah, get to watch 100... a ton of it, in this. and you get to, they show a lot of how they tape up mm-hmm. the birds with the little like spikes and that they used to you because put, like, it, hook they tape they hooks put a hook their on legs. their on their legs, Ugh. and that's what they use to basically ultimately kill each other, mm-hmm. and it's um it's really unsettling. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, and and they show. I I mean, I, this is the wrong word, obviously, but the pageantry of mm-hmm. how you start them fighting and like you have them go at it with their beaks and then you kind of swing them at each other and that gets them excited that they're going to attack each other and then you let them go. And it's really disturbing. Yeah. it Consistently. Me of, it mm-hmm. reminded me of when I was younger, I went down to Tijuana and I went to see bullfights. And yeah. I was young Mm -hmm. Very young, Mm -hmm. uh, probably 19. And I didn't realize the bulls all died. Yeah. That was not something I was aware of. So, like, I think the first fight, we were so into it. And they keep sticking them with these spears, the bull. And you're like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. But I guess they'll just patch them up later. And then, like, at the the end of the fight, once it wins or whatever... Then they just take a knife and down goes the bull and then they drag it off. And you're like, oh, OK, yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen. And yeah. I didn't know in this. It felt like like this movie. I wasn't aware. Oh, OK, they're dead. That's not some fake blood we threw on a rooster. We just that's a dead chicken. But, but it's my understanding. With There's it. even like a scene where Warren Oates takes a chicken. He doesn't like. Or a rooster, excuse me, and he takes the rooster and he just cuts its head off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he does on on film. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think uh, with a bullfight, in the end, they do cook up the bull. I mean, yeah, like yes. like people yeah. eat the bull. Unlike this in cockfighting, where they just fill a bathtub with dead chickens and right. I guess check out of the hotel, or just toss them in the back of a truck and say good riddance. I don't yeah, know. I, I it felt like at least cook all. I, well, at one point baron talks about doing like yeah uh, doing a a, boiling up a chicken and stuff and so they could have some dinner and i was like oh well good i mean at least tell me that you're taking these roosters and eating them because and that was because the chicken was really expensive and he said something like it was a 23 dollars 75 had had two wins (laughs) the one that just cuts its head off
1: yeah yeah um yeah uh yeah, I had, I, because of that, I had a really hard time appreciating this movie at all. Like, Ryan and I talked about it a bit afterwards, you know, the next day after watching it. Because I, I couldn't get beyond having to watch multiple rooster fights resulting in death. That I couldn't even... I couldn't look at this as a movie and I couldn't appreciate it as anything you know I, I just couldn't get beyond it and so i was just like oh i hate this it's upsetting i don't ever want to join that world and it's just gross and grimy and ryan's like exactly yeah it's the movie it just no, it is presents an unbiased it doesn't take a side it's just here's one guy who's a part of this and here it is this is cockfighting right and it made me think god i never ever want to be a part of this and ryan's like exactly and you made that choice they didn't lead you to that it doesn't glamorize it. It doesn't. It's just like, here it is.
0: Absolutely. But and, and I would say it, it's just one of those movies that's like, well, everybody talks about like the killing of the bull at the end of Apocalypse Now and that they really killed the bull. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. But that's sure. so people talk about that, that and I'm using air quotes, that mm-hmm. one scene in Apocalypse Now. This is lots of scenes mm-hmm. scene of cockfighting. Scene. Like, scene after scene. It's mm-hmm. a it's a. Substantial part of the movie, so it's not one of those movies where it's sequestered to one part like mm-hmm. the the end of the movie where this is the hard part to watch they don't they don't build up like some tension or or some kind of excitement around like the grand finale there's plenty of cockfighting to watch all the way through this movie, mm-hmm. so again, if this is a movie if if that's something that disturbs you uh this is not a movie to watch. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Monty Hellman is just an expert at putting you inside of a world. And I think he does that incredibly well in this and that you're in this world of cockfighting. The only thing is, is that I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. And I don't like get the motivation of the main character, which we discussed. I don't understand why Frank wants why he wants to win so bad. He's just obsessed with us. And, and like, look, like you said, we're all in. We all have our squirrel nut zippers, and we all we all. Put a
1: lid on it. What's that you say? Put <laughs> We all have our squirrel nut zippers. as our t shirt? Yeah, that's a t. <laughs> we all have yeah. our by, squirrel nut zippers. Buy a t public. Everyone.
0: That's right. <laughs> Along with your pit dick. Yeah And your mouth pocket t shirt. And your
1: coma boner. <laughs> <laughs> ah, coma boner.
0: Uh, um, oh. So like. Um, So, yeah, like you really are immersed in this world. It's just I don't understand. I don't understand why we are. And you go through the ride of him trying to redeem himself. And like a lot of the Imani Hellman movies, it ends rather abruptly and it just sort of ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while on other movies that he's done that for, I feel like that was really a great choice. And this one, I kind of feel like I'm left with questions. Yeah. I'm left. and He always does that. He does that so that you are starting to go, but wait, what about, but no. this one I'm left with like, what, what was my question is like, what was the point of this? Mm-hmm. Why did I watch this other than the, for this podcast? Uh, I, I mean, I get, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's like the really grimy, dirty, how Hartley movie. That at the end you're like amateur. <laughs> you're like <laughs> not. There, there's no cockfighting in amateur. Okay? I'm trying to think which movie you're per. You're no, referencing. I'm just saying that every end, every one of his endings, you're like, wait, that's the end. Yeah. Wait, what sure. was I, so? What was I watching? Right. And this ends in much the same way. And, and you're like, and you're like, I didn't like, see a single cockfight, and now it just ended. <laughs> right. So yes, it has raised the bar for every every Hal Hartley movie. Next time I, you know. I I watch amateur or simple men. I'm going to be like, you could have thrown a cockfight in here. Well, there's a grenade that goes off in trust. You just don't see it on camera.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I I had actually an opposite reaction about the ending. It ended. And I was like, initially, my thought was like, thank God. I was just glad it was over. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, that's the ending. It's just, this is it. This is it for this guy. He's not going to change. He's not going to do anything differently.
0: He's going to talk now.
1: He's going back to talking, but, like, this is it.
0: And just because he won, he's not going to stop. Yeah,
1: he's not going to stop. He's not going to change, you know. And for me, him, you know, being like, yeah, she loves me. I was like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Like,
0: no, I think she just told you in, in, in no uncertain terms that she does not. Yeah. And, and that
1: because I, I liked actually that it was the setup that, you know, she to- she tells him earlier on the the his fiance you know back when he meets up with her when he's still not talking she's like I just want to get married and I want to have children while he's un- while he's down. taking off her blouse yeah mm-hmm. and then he makes sure none for of that can one, happen for the one the one titty count of the whole yeah. movie <clears> the <throat> mm-hmm. one titty count mm-hmm. and he makes sure none of that can happen because he sells that house and that farm gone mm-hmm. yep you know he's like no this is it this is my family the audience and the
0: he is he is he at the end is untethered from Any home, any place. Mm -hmm.
1: This is he is just
0: purely in in the cockfighting. And he
1: think I think he felt like she would see that and be so wowed and amazed and drawn in and she saw it and she has that she has a great speech at the end where she's like, I didn't I was watching you the whole time and you had no empathy and you had no emotion and that's not somebody I want to be with. I thought that was actually really kind of cool that she had that reality and mm-hmm. she saw that watching him because i was like yeah we're, we've but all did- been thinking this as viewers the entire time like what is this guy's motivation and she finally saw it so it just felt but like to why- me like she had an idea of him and her mind mm-hmm. throughout their whole relationship and then when she really saw who she really who he really was she was like yeah i'm out
0: yeah no i agree but where was were there no other signs <laughs> No, well, she she didn't she go. She'd never been. I know. But like, again, I again, I don't know. Maybe she was 19 as well and never been to a like a bullfight or a cockfight like me. But like, I I know she had never been. And he said he he wrote her a letter saying, like, you got to see me doing this at my best uh, to his to his opinion. But I was like, really? Like, you've not, no, You've this is your first sign that he is into something
1: really shitty? Like, but think you, about it. If somebody's like, hey, I'm a trainer. Like, if someone, it's probably the same thing for like people who fight dogs. They're like, no, I trained these dogs to be fighters. And then you watch a dog fight and you're like, my <laughs> God, that's horrific. Like, same I, thing. I, like, <laughs> she saw it. And she was like, you're not training a chicken. Chicken, you're not training a rooster. Roosters have pea brains. You're just putting weapons on no. their feet and letting them go for it. <laughs> like, I get it
0: because you used the wrong analogy. Because the thing was, is she was just she was she was just into a guy who was really into Squirrel Nut Zippers, and she's like, "That's cool. I don't know them, but that's cool." And then she finally listened to the Squirrel Nut Zippers, and she's like, "Oh no, 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 fuck you! I don't want to be in this. I don't want to be in this relationship." <laughs> that's why. But I, I, the, uh, I just want to set this up just a little bit and kind of I want to rewind just a second here. So this movie is leading up to, he he ends up getting this prized chicken that he spends, uh, he's supposed to spend $500 on. Sure. But he doesn't, but he gets it. Because so the guy now, says you're not, you, so no now, one should spend $500 right. on this rooster. So now he's... Uh, sorry, rooster. I always keep saying chicken, but, you know, eh, whatever. Um, so he, off The chicken family. He's, he's, I should have <laughs> looked that up, with the science of it. Ah. Yeah, I should have I run the numbers on that. Crunching numbers on chickens. <laughs> Isn't it just male-female? Or yes, am it I is. wrong? Yeah, it is. So, but, okay. So he starts winning all of these competitions, uh, leading up to the grand, like the Super Bowl of cockfighting. Uh, which is, like, if the Super Bowl... That is bowl- a really grand way to put it. <laughs> it's, no, but it's, like, the Super Bowl if it was the XFL, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, like, I mean, it's a bowl, uh, but anyway...
1: Uh, but he's but, really... But
0: the audience of, like, a bowling alley on an off night. <laughs> right, on a Tuesday. It was league night on a Tuesday, and we're yeah. doing our... It's our- got to be
1: league night, because the-, the audience that was there was into it. <laughs> they yes. were, they yes. were. But so, there is not they're not plentiful, is what but, I'm trying but to say.
0: But he's invited his fiance because she's never come to one of these, and he thinks, like, I need you to see me do this because I think you'll understand. This is a this is supposed to supposed to be, so it's the final final fight, it's supposed to be sort of your Rocky moment. You know, he's this is it, it all comes down to this. She shows up right in that fight, and he notices her, but n- none of his actions change. Mm-hmm. And you'd think this would be the moment where he's, we, we would build some tension around. I've got to show her that this is great. I've got to, there's something here. And he just goes through the mechanics of a cockfight. And you got to get her into the squirrel nut zippers. You got to like right. dance a little bit. You got to right. show her that yeah. this is a cool. You can't just drop the needle on the yep. record and no. be like, and no, just, no, we're going to sit here and we're going to just listen Just stare her. at her. Yeah. Pop out go... in your zoot suit. <laughs> You got to dress up. Yeah. You right. got to get into it. You uh-huh. got to like show her how the music moves your body. God, I wish
1: everyone could see your dance that you're doing right now, which <laughs> it's is amazing,
0: which could work for Burt Bacharach or scroll nut zippers. Are you the zipper? sure one you're the not same. A, they're one and the same, right?
1: Are you sure you're not an SNZ fan?
0: <laughs> are you sure you're not an SNZ-er?
1: <laughs> you sure you're not a zipper?
0: <laughs> are, are, is it a zipper or an S-nut? <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a real (laughs) Sophie's choice.
0: All right. now we're going to go into one of our favorite segments on the show.
1: Things we loved and things
0: we hated. We're going to talk about the things we loved and the things we hated about 1974's Cockfighter. Mark, what's something you loved? I I honestly loved his business partner. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that earlier, Mm -hmm. but my favorite of this whole movie is ed bagley playing like the insane like teenage son who has the cock that he will cock like a rooster not Mm -hmm. cock Mm -hmm. thank you that he ed bagley jr does not show his cock in this movie
1: But, but Everyone, you, but immediate but, listenership just <laughs> pwned. Yep. They turned us off. They were like, "Forget this." <laughs>
0: which maybe shit. if he had, forget I would have recognized him better. oh, it, oh, oh. <laughs> it took a while for me to recognize. Like, oh shit, that's him. All those yeah. hours, all those hours on his OnlyFans <laughs> <laughs> really paid off for you. Well, you know, no, nice. he's very young, so he's it very is hard, young, hard to recognize. But him. he plays, and he does a great job. He plays like this this kid who has this cock that's won like fifteen fights. And it's basically they have this side deal going on where he gets people to be like, "Oh, your cock's so great, come over and fight mine," and then they kind of set it up so that they always win, and his cock ends up dying, and he loses his mind, mm-hmm. and, and it's he goes just after, so mm-hmm. goes after Frank and attacks. And him. He goes after Frank, attacks him. This is not him in Best in Show. At it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Scooby's more opposite. And I just love seeing him in that role. He's in like a tank top. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's like, you know, skinny and lanky. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, was he in St. Elsewhere? Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like, like you've, we've all, for the last 30 years, we've known him as a certain character. Thank you for recognizing me as the St. Elsewhere
1: (laughs) 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 expert uh, that I, uh,
0: (laughs) I know I am. Thank you very much.
1: To be fair, you were prepared with an answer. You were like, yep. Yes, I
0: like that you. Please did, send you did. your send
1: me your Saint Elsewhere questions
0: to info at newworldpodcast.com dot com. Our new our next week's bonus episode, we're going to talk about that last episode Ooh. of Saint Elsewhere. Ooh, I stuff. did love when I said that to you. You did just kind of like the side eye, like processing. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. you had that, to. The mm-hmm, dome had to flip through just mm-hmm, yeah. a
1: couple cards, It was yeah. like, "Indeed, he was." He the dome was like,
0: <laughs> be- 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 "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Erica, what's something you loved? <laughs> okay. I'll t- I'll say what I loved. Um Look, I mean, leading up to this movie, I actually watched several Monty Hellman movies because he has just passed away just this year, in fact, a couple month a month or so ago. Oh. Um at the age of 91, so he had uh, a, a, good a very good run. And um so I I I was re- so I love the way he is able to take an audience and submerse them in the world. I'm I think I'm I I'm talking specifically about Two Lane Blacktop, but I also watched a couple of his westerns that he made for Roger Corman in the late '60s or mid '60s, <clears throat> and um, he's very he was very good at just sort of creating a world, putting you in it, and like making you just sort of sit in it. And he definitely does in this. As, as Erica was alluding to to our conversation post watching this I was like you de-, she was like I don't think I you, you were basically saying something to the fact of like is this like pro cockfighting essentially mm-hmm. and I was like no I think he just puts you in the world mm-hmm. and makes you make a judgment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I do appreciate that about him I wouldn't say this is quite a documentary but it definitely puts you in this world the problem is it's a world I don't like it's a world that 50 states don't like yeah yeah, and most of north america and most of south america outside i think chile and peru and it doesn't have his usual flourishes for at least sort of adding character elements into it because to what you were saying mark it's it's a lot of cockfighting it's It's a a lot of cockfighting like a
1: ton and the whole fight and
0: it's it's like we
1: get it just Cut to the end where one is alive and one is not. Like, we don't need to watch the whole thing. Um,
0: But I just like that he was very good. And the other thing I loved is I love Warren Oates. Yeah. I mean, I just think that guy's just – he left us too soon. But he – by the time I started having any sort of sense of who he was, he's basically the police chief in Blue Thunder. So that's who that guy was to me as a kid. But to watch him later and, like, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia or – you know uh wild bunch or some of the different movies all of a sudden you're like wow this guy's like a legit really good actor and, and a star and he plays a guy who doesn't talk he, yeah. most of his talking in this movie comes from <clears throat> his voiceover and so for him to be this compelling and this interesting to watch even though he's not talking i was mm-hmm. like this guy's." Like what a hell of an, a hell of a yeah, talent! Really that's good. That's a great actor. point. Yeah. It is a good he d- point. He
1: does keep you engaged in a character that mm-hmm. is unlikable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and you're like, well, I guess I got to see how this plays out.
0: And doesn't talk. And I did mm-hmm. You you said the voiceover. I, I for those who haven't seen it, it's not like there's a lot of voiceover. No, yeah. there's no. a there's a couple. I would say uh, four or under scenes where he does some voiceover when he's writing letters or something. Mm-hmm. But that's it, mm-hmm. and then he's basically silent until, uh, not to spoil anything, the very end of the movie yeah. he says something. Mm-hmm. But it's two sentences, mm-hmm. and it's. But yet, you're right. I was into. I was watching him, and he was. He was. He didn't need to talk. The way he acted, that mm-hmm. I got like what his motivation was and what he was doing. To to a point. I mean, to a point, <clears throat> but. I mean, I got his motivation for each scene. I, you never understand his motivation from start to finish of the movie. Like, what are you trying to accomplish in life? But you got what he was trying to do and what he was trying to say. And you got even him trying to be, like, funny and jovial, even though he's not talking. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, I'm not an actor. But I have to imagine that's incredibly hard to do and make that believable and not yeah. either not show enough emotion or look stupid because you're kind of overhamming it up mm-hmm. or whatever. He was... <clears throat> He was saying at the time that he, he thought he had the, he, you know, he was basically like stealing money because he didn't have to learn any lines and he could just play this character. And he was like, oh, this is the easiest thing ever. But it's actually really hard to hang a movie on a guy that isn't mm-hmm. saying anything. And I think yeah. he still makes it compelling. Again, he doesn't tell you why. You don't get a sense of why, but that I don't know if that's on him. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think that is on him. He plays no, a guy who's obsessed with this, and you certainly buy that, and you certainly buy that he loves this. Mm-hmm. I don't don't know why he does, yeah. but that's not his fault. But that reminds me uh, of something I hated. So let's move on to things we hated. Erica, let's start with you. Something you hated about this movie?
1: I I mean, to be honest, I hated the entire thing. It's not for me. I like I mentioned earlier, I got I was really hung up on the on the having to watch. The roosters fighting over and over again because I do not enjoy movies where birds are the villain, as I have mentioned in previous mm-hmm, pods. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big bird fan. So killing
0: birds was tough for you. It
1: was. It was. Well, birds were a villain in that. But this, it was particularly hard for me. So I hated I hated most of it. Um, but getting beyond that, I think if I hated anything... Uh, We'll let
0: you think on that for a second while we go around to uh, Mark. What is something you hated? Um, I really hated. There's a scene when he goes to his brother and sister-in-law's house. Mm -hmm. And we're introduced to them. She's in the kitchen making breakfast. And he comes in. And (laughs) she's frying pork chops on a skillet on the stove. And I was just like, two things that is a terrible way to cook a pork chop. Right. Second, having that for breakfast and all that grease, you're going to have a heart attack, bro. That's not, come on. It it really just, I mean, in a way it was charming. Like, Oh, in the seventies we had pork chops for breakfast, but I was also like, well, that's why so many of those people didn't last very long. And didn't like the, that's the brother and his, now I watched this the second time. So in the very beginning of the movie, his then girlfriend Dodie says you were talking in your sleep and you were talking about Roger yeah. Roger is his brother and he was talking about kicking Roger's ass in his I dreams.
1: fully missed that connection that Roger she concerned.
0: says like I know you can talk because you yeah. talk in your sleep yeah right so
1: so she's never heard him talk apparently not so she that means she became his girlfriend after that hotel scene when he decides to correct the hotel flashback when he decides yeah. to stop talking yeah Oh, all right. so um putting it together after the movie <laughs> maybe that's what i hated i hate that you gotta do a lot of legwork to you understand gotta do some this legwork. movie you gotta do some homework
0: you're so distracted by the cockfighting you forget the plot that's in between <laughs> yeah it. yeah but he says she says like you um I, so you're talking about roger she apparently doesn't know who roger is but he goes to meet Roger, and then Roger's like in at least that scene you're talking about. He's coming in in a shirt and tie. He mm-hmm. seems like the put-together brother. Yeah. But let's look at Roger's situation. Mm-hmm. He's living in Frank's house, mm-hmm. not his house. Yeah. Then he says, you're probably coming to me looking for me to pay you on the legitimate debt I owe you. Yeah. But I don't have it. Yeah. And I couldn't raise $25, much less the 2500 Yeah. So he has no money. Yeah. He is apparently well dressed, but what does he do? He's living in his brother's house and then once they he Frank sells the house, then he turns to his wife and goes, "Will you better call your dad?" I'm like, is he so Frank is actually the good son, right?
2: Well, like, I don't know. Roger's
0: the shit heel who who looks like he's got it together but clearly has nothing together. I, yeah, I, I mean, he's obviously misallocating his funds because he's so flush with pork that they can just fry that shit right, up yeah. on a right. breakfast. He was like, even having a shot with I, breakfast. Yeah, I, he spent all the money on pork. I've and got now so he's... many pork chops. I got pork mm-hmm. chops coming out my mm-hmm. ears. We just mm-hmm. have it for breakfast. For God's sake, they what do you really want for seem... lunch? Pork chops. What do you want for dinner? Pork, pork chops. Cho-
1: <laughs> but it kind of seemed like if you want to go to a house to like just chill and party, that you go to Rod. You go to Rod, Randy, Roger, Roger. Sorry, God. William Oates, <laughs> what's the name? <laughs>
0: Is there a Randy in the squirrel nut <laughs> zippers? Quickly, yes or no? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, but he's like doing that shot for breakfast. He's wearing like fancy breakfast. Yeah. Know, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it it's a party it, house. It
0: gave the appearance like he had it together, mm-hmm. but like clearly he doesn't because he's you know it was odd all the way around. Like yeah. also that house was only loosely tied to the ground it was on because they were able, easily, able to lift it up yeah, very in a matter easily. of hours. Yeah. yeah. He started digging in front of the house with a shovel. I was like, like, "Man, I was like, you got long day ahead of you." I was like, and then all of a sudden, it was immediately on the road. I was like, "Oh, it It was up on the truck and just headed." They were like, "Oh, we got to move this whole house. Just bring a shovel. We'll be cool. Yeah, we'll be fine." (laughs) Here's something I hated. Um, I hated that they took away the ending of the movie by doing it early on. And what I'm saying is that the end of the movie, he goes up against Harry Dean Stanton. However. At another part in a derby earlier in the movie, sort of in the middle-ish, mm-hmm. he also goes up against Harry Dean yeah. Stanton mm-hmm. and wins that. Yep. Yeah, And then, you know, his Dodie at that point, that's when he finds out that Harry Dean Stanton has married Dodie. Yeah. And then Dodie, like, comes into the ring and tries to attack him. And then Harry Dean Stanton picks her up and, and like, walks her out. So I'm like, he's... that. Da- I mean, that's almost like the end. Right. Because, like, we've... We, he's beat the guy who like again he's a friend of me and not a not a traditional adversary but like in the beginning of the movie he makes that bet takes all of his stuff sets him on and as we learn in a flashback is the guy that essentially is the catalyst for him to take the vow of silence and yet the end of the movie he also goes up against him but it's like but you already beat him once yeah. so i'm like what is so what's you what? didn't get the medallion You didn't get cockfire. I guess, but he's already beat him. So it's not like it's like as if like, you know, uh, Daniel also had a fight, you know, uh, with Johnny like and kicked his ass earlier. But then they still go to the Valley Championship at the end of Karate Kid. And it's like, well, but you already kicked his ass earlier. It doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. I, I guess I didn't see it that way because at the very beginning, they kind of set up that he took the vow of silence to get the cock fire of the year and he wouldn't do it until he got that. So these were just sort of inc- inconsequential revenge moments along that road to mm-hmm. get to where he wanted to go. But then I was like, well, why don't you beat the guy? Like that, that long, uh, I forget the guy, but the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the blonde hair who, guy who, yeah. he, who he loses to because his rooster walks out of the ring or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, why don't you go? You got to go up against somebody you haven't beat. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, yeah. like you've already beat Herodian Stan. So it doesn't, it has no stakes. It's yeah. like, it doesn't have, it's the whole thing. I, I mean, this movie has a lot of no stakes. Oh. Uh, it, there's yes. a lot of moments that you're, that should be a bigger, moment, bigger and achievements. Yeah. And they're not, they don't really pay off. But you know, maybe that was the intent that, you know, in life, you don't get big Rocky moments in life. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like your achievements are small. And to the audience around you are like, I don't I don't I don't see why you felt like you overcame anything with that.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I mean, maybe that's what they were going for. What's funny is even when they play out the the moment where he wins fair of the year, he's told that he won. Right. Because he's out talking. To he's his already fiance, distracted like, by some... the parking lot. So he's. Not even there. It's 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 great because it's such a non-cinematic uh, moment as we know it. Because normally, if if we were remaking Cockfighter today, which we can't, because you can't you can't kill animals like you, they do in this movie. But Bro, if if, if, if you, you made Cockfighter, if it was if we made Cockfighter, it'd actually be two dicks slapping each other. <laughs> That's right. Which That's right. We, which we'd be. Which I've wow. been pitching for years, guys. I'll so... go. Ahead.
1: I'll take over for casting for that one. Don't worry about it. I'll handle it. That's actually the ending of Steamin. Yeah. Beginning of Steeman. That's Steeman Part 2. It's a, it's, it's a, just it's called a Cockfighter. <laughs> <laughs> it takes to the save fight- the spa, we have to have all these men fight each other with only their wieners. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's what
0: Joseph Losey would have wanted. Yeah, that's right. How he would have wanted this to go. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm just imagining myself weighing the wieners, <laughs> making sure they all weigh the you same. you Got to take a little bit off of it. Got to take yeah. a, little a little bit off of this one. It's a little, a little too, too heavy. A little too heavy. Too yeah. heavy. yeah. Um. The other thing. Uh, the wieners run up towards each other. <laughs> Run up towards each other. <laughs> the blessing. Just you got to do the just, blessing. Just, you got you got to touch. Dick you got to get them yep. near each yeah. other. Got to get them near each, each boop, other. Boop, boop, touch tips. Boop, well, so gotta get the them tips. So the
0: tips sort of attack each other. <laughs>
1: yeah. Got to get them ready.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> the thing that it reminded <laughs> me. The thing that reminded me of it is that you talked about the voiceover and the thing that that I hated. One of the things I hated was like the fact that that voiceover started and then just like disappeared at some yeah. point in the movie. And also, sometimes was like bringing up facts that I don't care about, such as when he goes back to his house and sees his brother and sister in law. There's a voice that was like, "My house was near the front of the yeah, house. His room. And, yeah, his room. Yeah, his room was near the. It front. It was suddenly a place where they were storing stuff. And I was like, "What? What does this matter at all? Like." I'm sure that this is something they took directly from the book, and it might have made sense in the book, but it, I don't see why we're talking about it in this movie. It makes no. So there's bits and pieces of this monologue that are like worthless, and then it just kind of goes away. You know, it's like it—it's it, not very well utilized. Yep. So that's sort of drove me nuts. The, other, the last thing that drove me nuts is that having watched four Hamani Hellman movies before I watched this one, I'm really mad that this is the Monty Hellman movie that New World put out because his other movies were great. Mm. I love them. They're so good. And this is the Monty Hellman movie we got. Yeah, it, it, it was, but isn't, isn't that why we have this podcast? Yes. Because yes, somehow, as charming as most of these movies are, and honestly, you know, we, we make fun a lot, but I, I really, truly love of course. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Most, most of these movies. Absolutely. This one, it, I, it, it's just a hard watch. Yeah. This not, is a tough one. Not yeah. going in the top five, but yeah. it's because he would get Roger Corman would get great directors early on in their career, or maybe at a, at a time where they were at a low point in their career or, sure. you know, actors in the same situation. And try to get, try to rekindle something that they did in their past. And it just didn't always work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, but that's kind of the charm of it. This one, it's just, it's very bleak. It's very dirty. There's a lot of chi- uh, roosters that die. Yeah. I, it, it's uh, it it's just... a hard one. It's a hard one to ever recommend to anybody, yeah. to be no. honest.
1: No. And it's a, essentially like a sad story. Yeah. Of this guy, you know, and of this, of his fiance, yeah, you know, of Harry Dean Stanton's character. Yeah. You know, it's, you're just kind of, you end up feeling sad for everyone that's in it.
0: Because I think if it, this is the kind of movie that, like, you would recommend if somebody was like, oh, I fucking hate chicken. And you'd be like, dude, I got a movie you should watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: when somebody's really aggressive about being vegan, be like... Oh wait, no! I think that would be good. no. That would yeah, not. This opposite. would not be good. Never mind. If,
0: <laughs> if they were aggressively about being vegan and you were kind of pissed they're being that aggressive, then you could be like,
1: you know, what movie you should watch? <laughs> you know what you love? Cockfighter. It's about chickens being like empowered.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to our favorite scene. Uh, favorite scene in this, Mark? Uh, absolutely favorite scene <clears throat> when they go to the cockfight. That's in a hotel and they end up getting robbed. Mine too. Because. Mine too. Absolutely. 100%. Because, uh, pro tip. If you know that someone's going to get if about to rob you, grab your wad of cash and throw them under the pile of chickens <laughs> that are in the bathtub in the bathroom. Dead You're resistant. fine. The money's
1: going to be there when you get back. It's already soft dollars. <laughs>
0: gonna be fine ah, you're fine but uh, and if that, that was one of the most earned moments i felt like in the whole movie because <laughs> yeah. if there was one thing that this movie was showing me is that once those roosters died no one gave a shit mm-hmm. so it was like oh let me hide my money under these dead roosters because this will literally be the last place anyone looks exactly mm-hmm. is under these dead roosters because no one gives a shit about these dead roosters Yeah. but just that whole scene the fact that they all have to take their pants off and they throw all the pants onto a sheet. And they pick that up and take it out. But even Harry Dean Stanton's Were girlfriend. Were they just stealing pants? Because that's what. <laughs> because, uh, because that. Heart, no, it was so charming. I was so confused at No, first it was like, so funny. They... Because in that time, you only put money in your pants. Right. You yeah. would never sure. think to put them in sure. your shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. And they even asked Harry Dean Stanton's girlfriend to take her underwear off.
1: Yeah. Which
0: was like, okay. <laughs> but, you never know. And then they come back in. When the guy's like, one guy pulls the money out of his shirt. He's like, ha ha, look, they didn't get this. He had had put all his money in a tobacco pouch. Right. So he tries to give that tobacco pouch to to one of the robbers. And he was like, keep your tobacco. So when they all leave, they all start laughing because we're like, this is so silly. We're all in our underwear. And then the robbers come back in and he's. The, the guy who he's taken out his tobacco patch and taking money out of it. Yeah. So they come back in and say freeze and they grab the money and then run off. I just thought that was a, a, a funny moment. It that is. They came it back is. in. It uh, is literally I, probably the lightest moment in this whole movie is that scene. Yeah. And it's a scene that, that Warren Oates is not in because yeah. he's, he's decided not to be there for right, this right. hotel cockfight. And, right. And he's gone off. I think it's when he goes off and, and has the Ed Begley Jr. scene. Exactly. And they, have, they have that fight.
1: Well, he ha- and then rightfully you learn why he avoids it, because that's where he had to take his vow of silence was from a hotel cockfight when he yeah. ends up wasting a right. really quality yeah. bird. Yeah, so maybe he was like, so no, he's like, yeah, I've been no, down this road. yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually made a good choice.
0: Erica, do you actually have a favorite scene at all? I, in this movie? I mean, I
1: have a favorite moment. I don't know if it's an entire scene, but I did actually really like the one sort of exchange when they are at the party it's kind of mid movie when frank and his new business partner his new polish Mm, business partner at Mm -hmm. the party and his his polish business partner has sort of longish hair and a beard and then one of the southern gents comes up he's like what are you russian (laughs) and he's like no i'm polish and he's like "Mm, you look russian and then he makes a comment like geez four generations here and i still you know get treated like this and i just thought like it's funny, but it's also it just felt very true that like he does not look Russian at all, but just because he has a beard and any uh, pretty much any man can grow, like grown sure. man can grow a beard. Sure. Not but. me,
0: not worth the shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, but he, I really like that. Yeah, exchange. he he, I was, that was he funny. says uh, three generations in, and he's talking to me like I'm just off the boat. Yeah, yeah. yes, and yes, and it's a really sense. great line because yeah, yeah he like a hint of a moment of like this guy's been putting up with a lot of yeah, shit. Yeah, that this guy of,
1: puts up with a lot of shit, but he's still, like, very positive, very engaged just in like cockfighting. Yeah. He's very, <laughs> you know, he's just here for the fun. He's that Russian attitude. He's a great. Russian attitude. He's got that
0: Russian, just, you know, Jenna 26... No, fuck that. Yeah. Never he's, mind. You know, no, he's like, got that we, Russian we all like cockfighting, <laughs> but you love cockfighting like a fucking Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's what those guys were living, you know. <clears throat> All right. Let's uh, go into final questions. Let's answer out some final questions from Cockfighter. Guys, reportedly, Charles Williford's first draft of the screenplay was 240 pages. <laughs> what was that version
1: like? I think he just printed his book. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I- uh, I'm a novelist. Uh, is this how screenplays work? I feel like that's how I'd do it if I was a novelist.
0: I, I it, So many more cockfights. <laughs> like, Hundreds. how many cockfights would that version At least 3,000 cocks died in that so original draft. <laughs> he spent, like, two years in the cockfighting world researching the book. Gross. Like, my lord. Ugh. Goodness gracious. What um, a nightmare. Early in the movie, Frank makes a sign to Harry Dean Stan giving him the, him the dollar bet that he would give, which mm-hmm. is, he gives... Is, but... My question is, wouldn't it be easier to make the sign of one and then zero, zero (laughs) easier than making with your hand, making the sign for twenty five or two five and then putting your fingers together to make a time sign and then four to say one hundred? I don't. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, how you got one hundred? I have no idea. (laughs) I would have been like five cross what you're having me do algebra with your fingers let's stop this now just use your fucking voice <laughs> tell me write it down whisper, or even whisper exactly it, it whisper. almost felt like just little kid math
1: like oh i want 425s oh you want a 100 no no i want 425s like that sounded like more in some way than 100 yeah was frank studying for the GED, bill? like yeah. inside no. the trailer right before he came out
0: Uh, Harry Dean Stanton bets a thousand dollars in the first cockfight uh, of the movie, which he, in order to put up the collateral, Frank puts up his car and trailer. Now this is 1974. Was that equivalent value? Uh, you know, trailers can go for pretty damn cheap, to be honest with you. If you're in a rural part of town and those trailers are not well-maintained, you can find a sub $1,000 trailer. You really can't. I mean, the trailer wasn't, like, great, but it also wasn't bad. It didn't look like shit in there. Oh, it looked like
1: shit in there. I He was I would... boiling water to clean his clothes in it. <laughs> so, first of all, you're getting well, pots no wa- and pans that no have undies. Machine. But you're getting undie pots and pans. You're making spaghetti in the same pot that, like, Warren Oates is... <laughs> undies were in <laughs> all right his, his ball Se- juices yeah secondly he stores roosters in there yes they're in a cage but they're just in there fluffing around putting their feathers and their little box, box everywhere you did you not know? have to buy an
0: alarm clock also, when you're in when you're
1: <laughs> the savings when
0: when you're in that kind of betting situation, you're not exactly pulling out the Kelly Blue book and being like, yeah. listen, yeah. listen, bud. Right. Right. I Again, don't, you know, little this kid is...
1: math. I felt like he was like, ooh, a thousand dollars. That's a lot of ones. That's a lot of twenty fives. <laughs> so what we've learned is he's really
0: bad, bad at math.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did he sell that house for? 500 bucks? Like, you probably could have got more than that for the house. <laughs> I, know.
0: I know. It's so true. Um, now, we talked about how you couldn't remake this movie. But if you were to remake this movie, but you replaced Cockfighting with ball, would you be in? <laughs> uh, 100%. Oh, God, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 100%. I am I'm just...
1: 25 times 4 in... <laughs>
0: I just think a rad ball movie needs to be made. Um, there I said it. Talk to us. Send us <laughs> send us your interest as a movie producer to info at newworldpodcast.com. Um <clears throat> or even like esports. <laughs> <laughs> Could you have done cogfighter but esports instead of cogfighting? Yeah. Guy takes a no, I'm gonna take a of silence until I kick this motherfucker's ass in Mortal Kombat.
1: oh shit i gotta change it so we can actually use the song (laughs) roger corman
0: apparently hated the last line of this movie do you agree or disagree i think we already know from erica but Mm -hmm. he apparently was furious at that last line Mm. So much so that Monty Hellman said he threw the script against the wall and then didn't see him till after they were done shooting.
1: And it put a huge dent in the wall because it was a 240 page <laughs> script. So it was just like Monty Tickle, was like, yeah. "Damn it, damn I'm like, going to have to fix uh, the drywall." Some, some yeah. wafer thin drywall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Darn it!
0: It was, it, they, it was just cardboard. The walls were just cardboard. <laughs> I, I don't know. Really, I shanty. I, I thought the last line. It was. I mean, I what. I thought either either I didn't understand the subtext of what she was saying or he is completely delusional, which is probably the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also remember, this is also the last line is said after this entire movie has been leading up to him winning this award. He's told that he's won this award. He's at this point nonplussed about it, even though this is the plot of the whole movie. And then he says this last line that I'm like, I I think this guy is just like I don't know what I'm doing in life. I need I need someone to guide me. I he needed a mentor. He needs a mentor bad mm. because he has no direction. He needs a, he needs a career coach. He quite does. frankly, he yeah. does. And uh, this last scene, the sequel would have been him working with a career coach <laughs> on how to train other cockfighter coaches Mm -hmm. to the the best Mm -hmm. cockfighter Mm -hmm. so it would have been you know a little more like um uh like a late rambo sequel Mm -hmm. where you know now he's the the you know the 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 student has become the teacher
1: yeah
0: just him teaching (laughs) cockfighters just teaching (laughs) cockfighters that's how to how to train because they have like you know, remember they have that whole montage where he's training the cock on how to like it's got to learn how to run and I run them every day. You know, he's teaching all of that. He's bestowing that upon the next generation of cockfighters. I think there probably maybe was a little federal legislation got, that got in the way of that being a feasible movie, but <laughs>
1: just a little sprinkle. Maybe that's where he
0: was leading. He thought that he was going to turn this into a franchise. Hmm. The fact that he wanted a franchise leads us into our research here because Corman did really think this was going to be a big hit. And um, in his autobiography, he says, um, to my knowledge, no one had made a picture about cockfighting. And now I know why. No one wants a picture about cockfighting. Mm. But he talks a little bit Hindsight. in his autobiography about going into Georgia and, and doing some uh, scouting and then they went to like an actual cockfight, and he was like getting into it and having some beers and like gambling, and he lost all his money. But like, which he said should have been a sign, but uh, he got into it. He thought this was going to be a big hit. Joe Dante in his autobiography mentions a little bit about it, uh, where he says the movie opens in Georgia, uh, where Roger is sure it will be a hit. Roger's in Europe. Well, in Georgia, it turns out that cockfighting is an embarrassment. It's like child molesting. It's something Yikes. people don't want to talk about. It's not something people want to talk about. Um, but Corman almost directed this himself. He wanted to direct this movie. He wanted. He was all in on this one. But I can see why he wanted Monty Hellman to direct the movie because Monty Hellman was just coming off of Two Lane Blacktop, which is about sort of about subculture, basically of the early seventies, sort of coming out of the sixties. So you could see why he would want him. And he'd had a long relationship. He'd worked with him since the late 50s. So he'd known Monty Hellman for a long time. He was very much into to, to making movies about you know subcultures. And um, so Monty Hellman's coming to this, having made Tomb Lane Blacktop. And he'd been hired to make this movie called Shatter. It's a 1974 movie as well, which was a co-production between the Shaw Brothers and Hammer. And he was actually out in Hong Kong making this movie. He'd reworked the script. He was into two weeks of shooting. I think he shot a lot of the European actors in this movie, and they were unhappy with how he was shooting action, and they fired him. So he came back to the States, and he gets offered Cockfighter. So what went wrong with this movie? Essentially, the script, the crew, and the timeline. Tell me more. Okay, so Monty Hellman admits that he even says Cockfighter is his least favorite film. And to explain that, he says Corman had already had a release date. So when he comes on the project, he knows he has to get this movie delivered in a certain amount of time. So this creates a lot of issues, right? Starting with the script. So Hellman had the script, which, you know, uh, Charles Williford had written. But he he brought on Earl McRouch. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. Earl McRouch, people will know because he uh, will be familiar with because he wrote New York, New York. He wrote Buckaroo Banzai. Those are later. People movies People will he know wrote. that. I think people will know that, particularly Buckaroo Banzai. But yeah, he wrote those movies. Did so you? He, did, did you say Bugaroo? Buckaroo, oh, Buckaroo. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. Bugaroo. It's the uh, it's the Australian version.
1: <laughs> bugaroo. <laughs> <laughs> that was Australian. Uh,
0: uh, or Bonnaroo, I don't know. It's the musical. it's sure. just, a, just a long <laughs> musical. Musical festival. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, he brought him on to do dialogue work. But after a week, Corman basically like panicked that they were ruining his baby. He was so protective of this wow. movie, and so he was like, "Look, you only have one more week. You got to finish this." And so at this point, um, he said they'd only worked on like the first fifteen pages or so. So with the last week that they had, they were only left to work on the scenes between Frank and his girlfriend his fiance. So those are the scenes that he got to work on, but they weren't able to work on the whole thing. And as I said, he absolutely hated what they did with the last line. So then we get to the crew. So Corman did hire Spanish. That's what
1: you get for not reading that book, Raj. Should have just flipped <laughs> right. to the
0: end and read the very last line. Um, Corman <laughs> did hire a uh, Spanish cinematographer, Nestor Alamendros, uh, who he had worked with on 1968's The Wild Racers. And who will go on to shoot Kramer versus Kramer and The Blue Lagoon among among and Jack Nicholson's Going South, if you recall that movie? Yes, I do. Um, and uh, so he he you know so he was somebody who was very familiar with it. Hellman speaks very highly of him. Says he was totally cool with everything. But the crew, Hel- uh, Hellman wanted to fire, and he calls them the most inexperienced crew that we could have have. Which he's probably right about because they were hired fresh out of film school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in other words, cheap. Yes, very <laughs> cheap, like a Corman special. Let's just yeah. get people out of film school. So, therefore, a lot of the shots were out of focus. So they could only use certain things for the edit. According to the version I watched, all the scenes were out of focus. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, they took the mostly focused shots. Um, and, of course, Corman hired the crew. Hellman didn't uh, want to fire. He he wanted to fire them, but he couldn't because he would have to pay their whole salary if he had fired them. So um, the other issue then is the timeline. So according to Hellman, they only spent they spent three weeks preparing once they had, you know, sort of semi rewritten the script. Then they did four weeks shooting and then had an extremely short editing time. And so he had to split editing duties with editor Lewis Teague. Now, according to IMDb, the shoot started May 8th, 1974, which would mean they finished shooting in June, and the movie opened in August. So that they roughly had a couple months to edit this. Now, Monty Hellman normally, mostly he does this uncredited, but he edits his entire movies. So he edits the whole movie from beginning to end, but he wasn't able to do that, so he had to split work. Now, on Corman's side, he talks about going to, you know, going out scouting and all this stuff and going to that cockfight I talked about. Now, when he was out there, uh, doing this and he's at the cockfight, he starts looking around and he goes, where's money. Well, he's out in the parking lot and he goes out and he says, what's going on? Because, uh, money was not a fan of cockfighting. He didn't like it. So Corman is like most of the world. <laughs> yeah. So he says, Corman says in his autobiography, this is probably why Hellman didn't shoot a lot of close ups of what Corman called the bloody stuff. So he asked Lewis Teague, the editor, um, to shoot some second unit shots of graphic cockfighting. He goes to Arizona to do this because they shot the movie in Georgia. Um, So Arizona is the other state where it's legal. So Teague would shoot second unit later on in Death Race 2000 later on that year because Death Race 2000 takes actually comes out later in the fall of Mm -hmm. 1974. And he later would direct The Lady in Red for New World and then would move on to direct Alligator, Cujo, The Cat's Eye and Jewel of the Nile. What a disparate! Uh, wow, yeah, so wow. can't wait to dip into some Lewis Teague action. <laughs> anyway, uh, of course, all these uh, changes that he made, of course, uh, were, were done without Hellman's knowledge. But the, a lot of those shots, and you can tell really in that end fight, cockfight, because there's shots, yeah, of there's like, a lot of like blood spurting onto yep, what would have been shoe. Harry Dean Stanton's shoes, yeah. but but they're you know they're not. So so basically, a bad crew. A shortened timeline and a script that he wasn't able to prepare the way he wanted to sort of led us to this. What what happened? Then we get to Born to Kill because once the movie bombs, they rename it several times, as I alluded to earlier, and they try to Corman tries to make money off of it still. And in fact, they do really re-edit it to Born to Kill. And actually made another trailer, which we we played earlier in the podcast. So, born to kill. This is the other really full version that they made outside of this movie. And Joe Dante talks about what they did. So, <clears throat> this is what he wrote in uh, or what he said in Corman's autobiography. I'm editing another picture when I get a call from Roger in Europe. Here's what we're gonna do, he says. I want you to go to night call. I want you to go into night call nurses, and I want you to take out the dynamite truck chase and then go into private duty nurses and take out the bedroom scene, and I want you to cut all these things together into a one-minute montage. I want you to take some lines from the picture that Warren says to the girl when he was talking, and put some weird music over them. Cut it into the movie right after Warren goes to sleep, and when he wakes up, and it'll be a dream sequence. I say, okay, now, he adds, we're going to call the picture Born to Kill, and we're going to make a new trailer, and we're going to put all these scenes into the trailer, and make it look like a picture with trucks and girls and tits and guns and all these things that really aren't in the movie. And we'll try to save the picture. He also cut out 15 minutes. To Roger's credit, he tried to save it. But in saving it, he lost some of the best scenes, the more thoughtful ones. But the wonderful part of it was the way Roger refused to give up on a movie. (laughs) Guys at the big studios give up, even on the expensive films, after two days. Roger, never. So... He did try to take what he could out of this movie. Now, from here, after Cockfighter, uh, um, Monty Hellman makes another movie with war notes. 1978's China 9, Liberty 7, which seems like a a really um, odd. uh, Maybe that's uh, an international WNBA game. I'm not 100% with how the the title is. (laughs) And then it takes him another 10 years and he makes 1988's Iguana. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think I saw a long time ago, but I need to revisit. And then he makes Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 Mm in 1989, which is essentially his last feature film until Road to Nowhere in 2010. And that's his last movie. Wow. Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. That's not a... That's an obscure franchise to now be like, I'm going to get in on this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he made it and he didn't like slasher films and he was trying to make it more of a um, a parody of slasher films, if you will, but I, I I haven't seen that movie in so long. I don't I don't know how it holds up. But I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen the third one. I've seen the first and the second, that's it. But an odd career. And all I can say about what I watch, which I watched um Beast from Haunted Cave of Monty Hillman's, which is a black and white creature feature that he made for Roger in nineteen fifty eight. It's his first directorial directorial debut. And it's a really good it's a good movie for what it is. Like those kinds of movies that Roger made, like beast with a thousand eyes and stuff like that. And attack of the crab people. Like they were all pretty much the same. Like here's the scenario. Here's some people. There's a couple relationships and then they're in this weird place. And then there's a monster and they got to fight the monster. And then they win or lose. And then it's over. But there's some pretty interesting scenes in it. There's a couple scenes in it that I think really kind of showed like what Hellman could do, but they're not like, um, There's like interesting scenes between characters, but they're they're like threads that go nowhere because the movie is ultimately about this creature that attacks and they have to fight. So they never go anywhere. But it was really a sign of things to come. And then the two movies that the two Westerns he made, which is uh, Ride in the Whirlwind and The Shooting. These are two movies that he got the money to make um, because he had made two movies in the Philippines with Jack Nicholson. They made them back to back and then they came back to america and they were trying to get roger corman to invest in this movie and he was like why don't you just make a western instead and they're like okay and he's like in fact why don't you make two westerns because of course corman's always like you just went out of the philippines and made two movies back to back why don't you go to this cool location in utah which is where they end up mm-hmm. shooting these movies and instead of making one why don't you make two you should just make two movies, because then, you know, I'm getting two movies out of one location. Of course. Everyone's out there. It's economies of scale. It's and gonna work. And he's paying $75,000 for each movie. The first script he gets back. Amazing. So um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, $150,000. Like, wow. And in pure, like, Corman fashion, he gets the first script for the shooting, and he can't stand it. He hates it. But he's spent $5,000 on it already. And Nicholson actually writes the next one, right? He writes right in the whirlwind. He's also a producer on this and he's in both movies. But, um, the first script for shooting, he couldn't stand it. He was like, this sucks. But he was like, if I give up now, I'm out five grand. But if I give them the other 70,000, I'll have the chance to make all my money back. Yep. So he goes forward with making yep. both movies, despite hating the first script and says, okay, I'll make both. By the way, the shooting is terrific. It's a fantastic movie. Warren Oates is in it, of course. Jack Nicholson shows up as a bad guy in it. Um, Millie Perkins, who plays uh, the sister-in-law in mm-hmm. Cockfighter, mm-hmm. she is one of the baddies in, in the shooting. And then right in the whirlwind, Jack Nicholson wrote it, it and he's in it. And it's a terrific, more, of a more classic Western. But they're both terrific movies. And then Tulane Blacktop. Well, ho- hold on. Before you go there, did he make his money back? Yes, he's he made it back instantly because he, it, what happened with both those movies is they didn't actually get um, much of a theatrical release, particularly in the U.S. So he sold them right in with a bunch of other movies to TV and they basically got played on TV a bunch. However, a few years later, probably about four years later, they started playing theatrically in France and the shooting played in theatrically in France for like a year. Hmm. And ride in the whirlwind pl- played for six months, so they were hugely popular across Europe. And Monty Hellman starts getting this reputation in Europe. In seventy one, he makes uh, Two Lane Blacktop, which is an incredible movie about these two guys who just want to, who just have this really cool souped up car, and they just dra- they travel around the uh, the U.S. trying to get in drag races. The two main stars of this movie are James Taylor. <laughs> and Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys <clears throat>
1: um, they, that is that chill pair <laughs> hey hey, get ready to relax in this yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and then, you know what they're perfectly great for for what he wants them to do in fact he praises Dennis Wilson constantly because he was like the guy was completely unaware that there was a camera on him at all times like he he didn't ever act like a camera was on him he was just in the scene doing what he was doing it had almost no there's just almost no sign to him that a camera was going whatsoever. Um, Warren Oates shows up as a guy. They end up getting into a, uh, a race with a sort of cannonball mm-hmm. run thing where they say, hey, we'll race you out to the East Coast. And they drive from the West Coast to the East Coast. And uh, uh, Lori Bird, who plays the girlfriend in Cockfighter, she was married to Monty Hellman around this time. And uh, she she plays a girl in Tulane Blacktop that they pick up and she kind of goes around with them. And she's a very hippie girl. And this is all about the so so subculture that was happening in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. She's sort of more the hippie thing. They're these two guys that just want to go in drag races. Whether you can see there's a lot of tension with like the hippie thing. And as they go through certain states, it's an unbelievably great movie. It's so good. And the, so all these movies are so good. And then we lead up to Cockfighter, which is like. Oh no! This is the <laughs> no! What a bummer! And then you know it's like you know he he makes this he 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 goes on and makes uh you know China Nine Liberty uh thirty seven iguana silenite deadly three and then one of his favorites Road to Nowhere he he speaks very highly of it but it's like. Uh, I feel like there was a lot more in him that that, that should have been made. And and he's gone into detail about the variety of projects he tried to make that didn't end up coming together. Um, But he also does uh, executive produce Reservoir Dogs. Hmm. And, you know, is, uh, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of him. And he basically helps Quentin Tarantino make a name for himself. So hopefully he also... Made a little money on the back of that one. Uh, Let's hope. Let's yeah. hope. Yeah, I like to think that Quentin Tarantino also brings in some of those people to be like, you know, you you kind of got you, you had an incredible talent and you didn't get the break that you necessarily should have got, or yeah. you didn't hit the stardom that you certainly earned by your talent, right? So right. I'm gonna bring you in and give you like, you know, that that last chance or 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 just. You earned it uh, because I appreciate what you did. So I'm going to bring you in on my coattails and, and you can enjoy it. You well, it's also I, his first movie. So I think Monty Hellman being involved is also what made it probably was helpful to financiers who were like, sure. who's this guy who worked in the video store who's going to direct this movie? So Sure. And hopefully he got some money on the back end of that because I, I would hope so. I would think that that probably made more than any of the movies that you listed. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Yeah, it may it maybe be gross slightly more than that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just mean, uh, bring up these other movies I watched just to say those are really great movies and you should watch them. Everybody should be watching those movies. If you can watch Cockfighter, try to watch it on Shout Factory TV. At least it looks better there. Um, it's certainly an interesting movie. You are certainly going to be transported to a world. No, d- I'm not just sure it's a world you're going to love. Watch the other movies. Don't make the mistake that Erica and I did and just watch Cockfighter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Give Monty w- a chance. Watch
0: the other Monty movies and then end on Cockfighter. Yes, yeah. uh, we yes. We started on Cockfighter. Great point. So, I mean, we can only go up. Yes, but, yes. Yeah. Regrets. Regrets. Yeah. But that's it for us with 1974's Cockfighter. That's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a chance, rate and review us. Please hit us up on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us. It's a big help to us. Thank you so much to all the people that have done so, so far. We really appreciate you. You can also find us on Twitter and on Instagram and old the dusty old Facebook. And uh, So look us up there. Uh, Reach out to us. You can also write us at info at newworldpodcast.com. Send us your Your uh, tell us why you loved or hated cockfighter and uh, any other questions that you may have. If you send us a question, we will read it in one of our bonus episodes. So please hit us up Um, and we will see you next time on the new world podcast. Bye, everybody.